the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Disciples Pathway Ministries. Welcome to Disciples Pathway Ministries, a mobile ministry with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Disciples Pathway Ministry is a mobile ministry advancing the kingdom of God so that no one is left behind when Jesus Christ, our King of Kings, returns for His great church. Good Sunday afternoon, family. This is Minister Dion. Minister Robbie cannot be in at this time, but she sends you her love. She's always praying for you all, and we will hope that you're praying for us also. In studio, we have again our dearest friend, friend of the ministry, and I hope that he's all coming to your hearts also. Pastor Bell is back with us. How you doing there today, sir? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well, doing as well as I can be. God is good, and we're just glad to for, to have you here talking about the things of God, setting the table before us that we may eat bread, uh, <laughs> the living bread, and, and <laughs> drink of that living water. Family, I would just like to pray for us before I turn it over to Pastor Bell with what he has for us today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, may our ears be open, may our eyes be open. May every single distraction be moved, O oh Father God, every spirit of hindrance, O oh Lord Jesus. May your blood come and cover us, O oh Father God, and may your power have its way, O oh Father God. Give unto Pastor Bill what needs to be given unto him, O oh Father God, that we all may have one with thee, O oh Lord Jesus. Father, we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, you told me a little bit uh, about what was going on and what you're going to be serving unto us. And it's going to be continuous in the stead that we began last week when we were talking about faith. We talked last week about stable faith in the unstable world. But how are we going to apply this faith this week? Amen. I'm going to continue this idea of Elijah and faith. Uh, But this time, instead of dealing with uh, Ahab and Jezebel, I want to continue with their son, Ahaziah. Yes, sir. And the reason I say that is because I think it is our responsibility as parents to uh, give our children that that has been given to us. Uh, But uh, for some reason, somehow, and of course, we know why Ahab and Jezebel didn't uh, instill in their son Ahaziah the right kind of faith. And so I want to continue in that same direction and same vein today Uh, from second Kings chapter one. We are now introduced to the son of Ahab and Jezebel, Ahaziah. Ahaziah finds himself in a situation that is beyond his control. And instead of him seeking the true and living God, he inquires of another God. Mm. So in essence, Ahaziah is looking for the right thing, but he is looking in the wrong place. And that's what I want to deal with today, looking for the right thing in the wrong place. Mm. But with that in mind, I want us to go to the 100-acre wood. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the 100-acre wood, it is the story of Winnie the Pooh. You remember Winnie the Pooh, don't you? (laughs) Tigger and Piglet. Well, one day, Winnie the Pooh is searching. He is looking. Christopher Robbins is sitting on a limb above Winnie the Pooh, and Winnie the Pooh is walking down below him in circles. 
Christopher Robbins raises the question and asks Winnie the Pooh, what are you doing? And Winnie the Pooh says, shh, I'm searching. He continues to walk in circles and Christopher Robin looks again and he asks Winnie the Pooh, what are you doing? And Winnie the Pooh responds by saying, shh, I'm looking. And after Winnie the Pooh continues this looking and searching, finally, Christopher Robbins interrupts him again and asks him, what are you doing? And Winnie the Pooh responds by saying, I'm searching and I'm looking, but I don't know what I'm searching and what I'm looking for. Mm. And Christopher Robbins responds by saying, how foolish can you be searching and looking? And when you find something, you won't know what you have found. And too many of us in life are searching. Too many of us in life are looking and we don't know what we're searching for and we don't know what we're looking for. Well, in Second Kings chapter 1, Ahaziah has fallen uh, through the lattice on the second floor. A lattice is nothing more than a wooden petition, and apparently Ahaziah has leaned too hard on this lattice, and he has fallen from the second floor down uh, to the first floor. He has gotten some help to go and make it to his bedroom. And while he is lying on his bed, uh, he gathers some men to go and inquire of Beelzebub on whether or not he is going to recover from this fall. Well, while these men are on this journey to find out whether or not Ahaziah is going to recover, the Bible says that they are interrupted by Elijah. And Elijah tells these men, no need for you to go on your journey to Ekron to inquire of Beelzebub on whether or not he is going to recover. Go back and tell him that he is not going to recover, but rather he's going to die. These men go back and tell Ahaziah exactly what Elijah has said. And Ahaziah says to these men, what did he look like? They say he was a hairy man. He was a man out in the wilderness. And Ahaziah says to himself, I know exactly who that is. He may have dealt with my mama and my daddy like that, but he's not going to deal with me like that. He gathers a a captain and 50 men and tell them to go and apprehend Elijah. They go out on this journey to apprehend Elijah. And the Bible says that when they come to Elijah, they raise the question, are you the man of God? And Elijah responds to them by saying, if I be the man of God, may fire come down and consume you. Word gets back to the king that the 50 men and the captain that he sent have been consumed by fire. So Ahaziah sends another captain and 50 more men and the same thing occurs. They go out and ask Elijah, are you the man of God? Elijah says, if I be the man of God, may fire come down and consume you and poof, they're burned up. Word gets back to Ahaziah that the second group that he sent out has been consumed by fire and no, without a doubt, he sends 50 more men uh, and another captain. Uh, but this captain is a little bit wiser than the two previous captains. When they arrive on the scene and they encounter Elijah, they say, wait a minute. We know who you are. 
We know that you have the power to consume us with fire, but will you please just gather yourself and go back with us? Now, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, Elijah knew who he was. The question was whether or not the previous captains knew who he was because they tried to address him by his titles. And too often in life, we get consumed. We get caught up with our titles. But the Reverend Frank Ray says that if we have a title and go to heaven, it's going to fall off. And if we have a title and go to hell, it's going to burn off. So what good uh, will our titles do us anyway? Mm. That's the end of the story. Elijah goes back with these men, uh, but there are a few applications I want to make about Ahaziah looking for the right thing uh, in the wrong place. First of all, Ahaziah finds himself involved in an unpredictable situation. The Bible says that that Ahaziah is minding his own business and while he is on the second floor, he falls. And whether we realize it or not, trouble will find our unlisted phone number. Trouble will find us wherever we find ourselves. We can have bars around our house, but that won't keep trouble out. We can have a metal thing in our nightstand, but that won't keep trouble out. Mm -hmm. We can have a metal thing under our pillow, but that won't keep trouble out because trouble will come wherever we find ourselves. Now, we have to understand that trouble comes in our lives through one of three ways. I know we want to blame the devil for everything that goes wrong in our lives. And yes, the devil's desire is to steal, kill and destroy. But trouble will also come from God. Sometimes God will send trouble our way. Sometimes the devil sends trouble our way. Sometimes other people are the cause of our trouble. Now, how do we distinguish when trouble comes in our lives, whether or not that trouble is from God or whether that trouble is from the devil or whether that trouble is from other people? Well, here's how you distinguish it. Whenever God sends trouble in our lives, it is designed for our good. You do know that Romans 8:28 says, for we know that all things work together for the good of them who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So whenever trouble comes in our lives and it is designed for our good, God is the cause of that trouble. But then whenever trouble comes in our lives and evil comes about, that Uh, Trouble is caused uh, by the devil. For John 10.10 says that his desire is to steal, uh, kill, and destroy. And Minister Dion, you blessed me when you told me that that idea of building up has, when the devil tries to destroy something, it only means that it's been built up. When the devil tries to kill something, it only means that it was once alive. And whenever the devil tries to steal something, you had to have possession of it. So I know that when the devil comes to attack me, I've been built up and the life of God has been on the inside of me. But more than that, I've had possession of of the blessings that God has placed in my life. So whenever trouble comes, if it's good trouble and it's going to work out for my good, uh, then God caused it. If trouble comes and there's evil behind it, then I know that the devil uh, is the cause of my trouble. But then sometimes other people are the cause of my trouble. (laughs) And I recognize that other people are the cause of my trouble because the design is to do harm. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20 says that you meant to harm me, uh, But God meant it for my good. So whenever I can recognize the trouble that comes my way, whether it is good or whether it is 
evil or whether it is designed to provide harm, I can recognize the source of that trouble. And so Ahaziah finds himself in an unpredictable situation uh, because he had no idea that when he woke up in the morning that he was going to fall uh, and hurt himself. But not only is there an unpredictable situation, there is also an unwise search. In the second verse of 2 Kings chapter 1, the Bible says uh, that Ahaziah sends men to inquire of Beelzebub on whether or not he is going uh, to recover. Now, I can uh, pat Ahaziah on the back. I can at least applaud Ahaziah because at least he knows uh, that where he finds himself, he cannot get himself out of uh, that situation. The problem is he prays to the wrong God. Mm -hmm. The late Reverend Dr. A. Lewis Patterson used to always say that there are four things that we can do with trouble when it comes in our lives. He says that we can nurse that trouble, but that's a pacifier. He says that we can curse that trouble, but that's profanity. He says that we can rehearse that trouble because that's paranoia. But then ultimately, he says we can disburse that trouble, uh, and that's through prayer. And whenever you and I come into the presence of God, we ought to come into his presence in uh, prayer. Because we acknowledge that what we find ourselves in is beyond our control. We acknowledge that what we find ourselves in, we cannot handle. Uh, Ultimately, we need God to step in our situation uh, and work it out for our good, but ultimately for his glory. You remember when the disciples found themselves on the lake of Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee, the Bible says that a great storm arose. And I would imagine that they tried to handle them, the storm themselves. But finally, they realized that the storm was beyond their control and they immediately run to Jesus and ask him, how can you sleep in the middle of this trouble? Well, that's a word for you and I that when storms come in our lives, we ought to go to sleep because God is awake. Mm-hmm. Because he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers uh, nor sleeps. Mm -hmm. So if God is awake, there's no need for me to stay awake because he can handle uh, all of the problems uh, that I face. And Ahaziah inquires of Beelzebub on whether or not he is going to recover. And Elijah says, you're looking for the right thing, but you're looking in the wrong place. You're asking the wrong God on whether or not you're going to recover. And then he says to him, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you're sending these men down to Ekron to inquire of Beelzebub on whether or not you are going to recover? And Elijah is trying to get Ahaziah to understand because your mother and father turned their back on the true and living God. uh, You ought not turn your back on the true and living God. It is our responsibility to rear our children in the fear and admonition of God. It is our responsibility to teach our children about the true and living God. We teach our children reading. We teach our children math. We teach our children history. We teach our children science. So would it be more that we ought to teach our children about God? And if God is true and faithful in our lives, we ought to in turn be true and faithful to teach our children about the true and living God. But then he does not only find himself in an unpredictable situation. He doesn't only find himself with an unwise search, but then there is an undeniable solution. 
because Elijah tells him that there is a God who can solve your problems, uh, but you're looking for the wrong for the right thing uh, in the wrong place. What Elijah is trying to get Ahaziah to understand is that no matter where we find ourselves and no matter what condition we find ourselves in, uh, there is always uh, hope. I've always been fascinated by this portrait of hope by George Frederick Watts. I've always been fascinated by it because I ask myself, how could George Frederick Watts possibly call it a portrait of hope? In this portrait, it's a woman whose clothes are tattered and torn. Uh, she's sitting on top of a globe and there are bruises all around her body. But she has in her hand a harp. And at the top of the portrait, there are musical notes. But the interesting thing about this harp is it only has uh, one string. So how could George Frederick Watts possibly call this a portrait of hope with a woman whose clothes are tattered and torn? There are bruises on her body. She's holding a harp that only has one string and there are musical notes at the top of the portrait. But then I realized that they used to sing a song saying over my head, uh, I hear music mm. over my head. I hear music. There must be a God uh, somewhere. And so you and I need to maintain that hope as long as we can hear music, that there is a God uh, somewhere, but there's just not a God somewhere. There's a God that's on the inside of us because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And as long as we understand and acknowledge that God is in control of everything, God will bring us through whatever it is we face and whatever it is uh, we're going through. The story is told of a young man who had gone to college to obtain a Ph.D. His father owned a steel mill. And one day the young man was walking through the steel mill and he noticed that the meter on the furnace said that the fire in the furnace was too hot. He went over to the gentleman who was operating the machine and he said, sir, the meter says that the fire in the furnace is too hot. You need to turn it down. He said, I can't do that. He said, sir, I've gone to college. I have a Ph.D. I can read. The meter says that the fire in the furnace is too hot. You need to turn it down. He says, I can't do that. The finally, the young man went and found his daddy. He said, Father, if I'm going to take over this steel mill, you're going to have to tell these hands uh, to obey me. He said, son, what's the problem? He said, come with me, daddy. They went over to the furnace. And sure enough, the meter said that the fire in the furnace was too hot. He said, Jim, tell my son what you're doing. He said he should have asked that the first time. The government told your father that if he was going to produce the best steel, he was going to have to buy some new machinery. But if we purchased the new machinery, we would go bankrupt. And I figured out a way to produce the best steel without buying the new machinery. I put a piece of glass inside the furnace that could withstand any intensity of heat. And whenever I look inside that glass and I see my image in the steel, I know it's time uh, to take the steel out. 
Because when you read the meter over there, it's wrong. And no matter what you and I are going through, no matter what you and I are facing, no matter how hot the fire has been turned up in our lives, uh, whenever God can look inside our hearts and see his image, uh, Mm -hmm. he know that it's time uh, to take us out. Mm -hmm. So no matter what we're going through, no matter how hot the fire becomes, uh, trust God that he's going to deliver you at the right time in the right situation into the right circumstance. So no matter what you're going through, somebody today is facing the collapse of their marriage. Somebody is dealing with a child that has gone out of control. Somebody is in fear of situation and circumstance and don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I want to assure you that if you keep the faith in God, that God uh, will bring you safely through and God will provide exactly what you need when you need it at the right time. But you have to put your trust in him. Don't be like Ahaziah, because too many of us are trying to find satisfaction in the world. But true satisfaction can only be found in God. And when you and I put our trust in God, God will bring us safely through. Amen. 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 That was rich. (laughs) That was rich. My soul has been filled. I hope, family, that you've been blessed also. There were many there were many uh, points that you had had brought out there. And I just began to think like, you know, after after the wow, wow, wow of it. I'm just saying like, you know, especially this last analogy that you gave with the fire. You know, coming out the fire without smelling like smoke. And, and God oftentimes uses fire, and that's what he oftentimes compared his trials to. It's fire and the proving and the testing. And we know that things of gold and things of silver, fire actually purifies. But then he says there's some things about you that's wood, hay, and straw that I need to get up out of you. And uh, with the Bible verse that you just brought up, you know, these men being quenched by fire, there was you know, 50 men were 51 the first time, 51 the next time. And then these last three men, they said, well, hold up. We we know what you've done. So just logically thinking about this, if fire came down from heaven and they were right there before, like, shouldn't he have been quenched too? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> But Elijah has his experiences with fire. Uh-huh. You remember uh, he had to show down on Mount Carmel. Right. So Elijah should have been consumed as well. But because of his experience with God, God can handle your enemies much better than you can. Yes. And he can burn them up around you and you won't be consumed yes. by the fire. You know, it's that idea that when God introduces himself to Moses on the backside of the desert, Fire is in the bush, fire is around the bush, and fire is under the bush, but the bush is not being consumed. Mm. And so you and I, when we put our trust in God, have the ability to survive fires, but we have to trust God that he's going to bring us safely through. Yes, yes, yes. He's a keeper. He's a keeper. And the other point, we have to be careful in the direction. We talked about this in an earlier message this year, the power of an axe. And when you ask a question, the, the, a question is literally what it sounds like, a quest. You ever heard somebody say, I'm going on a, on a quest? quest? Yes. So when you go on a quest, you have to be careful in the direction 
that you that you make that quest. You got to be be careful in the direction that you make that request or that petition. That's all prayer is. You know, make your petitions known to me. Ask of me. Ask of me. Ask of me. If you ask of me in, in my name, my father, do it for come to me, come to me, come to me, because God knows that we are innately have needs. We innately have wants. We are innately broken and need and are in, the, in need are in need of healing. And the same, the healing is the good thing that he was asking for, but in the wrong place. In the wrong place. Because we serve Jehovah Rapha. Absolutely. Too many of us are hunting for applause, hungry for acknowledgement, and hoping for acceptance. When we don't understand that if we come to God, help, healing, and hope can only be found in the Almighty. And so we're trying to do, it's an old analogy, we're trying to put a square peg into a round hole. Mm. And only God can fill that void no matter what we try to do. God is there to fill it for us. But we have to trust his plan. Psalms 91 says, you know, I will abide under the shadow of the almighty. That's a name for God. We lose it in the English, but in the Hebrew, that word is El Shaddai, which means God is more than enough. The God of sufficiency, as in who he is. What he is and that he is, it's enough for you. It's enough for I. It was enough at the beginning and it'll be enough at the end. We have to believe in this family. We have to trust in this family. As many times as we can, we will come to you in this because this thing has had to come down inside of us and will continue forward, family. Keep pushing. Keep pressing. Keep praying. Keep believing. He has not run out because he's more than enough. Family, we love you. And until next time, one voice, I speak life. Thanks for listening to Disciples Pathway Ministries with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Thanks for your prayers and for your gifts to his great work of God. For booking and requests for services, look up Disciples Pathway Ministries on Facebook. That's Disciples Pathway Ministries on Facebook. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.